When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Welcome to Washington, D.C. Senator, nice to be here with you. Congressman Jim Jordan, our special guest. And I got to say, I know you and I have talked about this on the plane right up. This is going to be a really important podcast. It's going to be a two-part series that we're going to do. And we're going to take a big deep breath, start back at the beginning. And so everyone can know where we are in in this Biden crime family investigation But before we even get to that, there is breaking news that we've got to talk about. Well, that's exactly right. And I'm going to let Jim describe it. Listen, everyone knows who Jim Jordan is. If you own a television, you know who Jim is. He represents Ohio's 4th Congressional District. He is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He's also the chairman of the Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. He is a founder of the House Freedom Caucus. Mm -hmm. And he's just a badass conservative. And, and, And Jim and I have been in many a foxhole together yeah. in fact i don't know what to do if they're not shooting at us yeah, I, I, that's, if you're not if you're if the press isn't saying something bad about it, you ain't doing anything any good and you, you've certainly had the press say bad things about you because you've done a lot of good work and, and you know what i feel safe that the, the new york times is not going to do any glowing profiles on either of us anytime soon <laughs> they'll do hit pieces on us but i appreciate your leadership senator cruz and good, good to be with you Welcome. um but you're right. The uh, we now know that the uh, the famous you know letter by the 51 former intel officials. We now know that the CIA reviewed and approved the letter that Mr. Morrell put together, and 51 of these folks, 50 other of these folks signed. We also now have uh, evidence that suggests that one of the individuals who signed it got a call from the Publication Review Board. He had something pending in front of this board, a different book that he was writing. And they called to tell him, hey, we've approved your book. You can, because they're looking for any classified concerns and classified issue concerns. They, they called to say, 
you can you can go you can move forward with with your uh, book. But while we got you, would you be interested in signing this letter that Mr. Morrell put together, uh, talking about how the Biden laptop story was was Russian, you know, information operation? So you now have what looks like the CIA actively recruiting and shopping this letter to people. This is the CIA that worked for President Trump. President Trump's on the ballot. And we, when we deposed Mike Morrell, of course, he told us that the reason he put the letter together was he wanted Biden to have a talking point in the debate that was coming up a few days later. And he wanted Biden to win the election. And, of course, they put that all together. Yep. Joe Biden used it. And, um, and so much so that when the debate was over, the campaign called up Mike Morrell, Steve Reschetti, the chair of the Biden campaign, called him up to thank him for, for putting it all together. And so you have this kind of coordination going on. It's it's wrong. It's scary. And uh, it's it's why we have the committees doing the oversight work we're doing. So this is big new breaking news that, that your committee broke late last night. That number one, before this letter with 51 intelligence officials came out, that the CIA signed off on it with their review committee, number one. But number two, that an active employee of the CIA pitched the letter to one of the signers, uninvited, said, hey, have you signed this letter yet? And, and in fact, you sent, you, you reached out to, to each of the 51 signers and mm -hmm. you asked them about, okay, how did this come to pass? And, and actually what, what this individual says is he comes back and says that he, he was, he had a book. Right, that he, the board. Right. That he was submitting to the board for review, and he, when the person in charge of reviewing the book called to say it was approved with no changes, I was told about the draft letter. Yep. The person asked me if I would be willing to sign. I do not recall the person's name or the exact date of the phone call. Upon hearing the letter's contents and the qualifiers in it, such as we want to emphasize we do not know if the emails yep. provided to the New York Post by President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are genuine or not, uh, and that we do not have evidence of Russian involvement, I agreed to sign a sign. And not only that, he said his wife, who's also former CIA, she agreed to sign as well. So at least two of the 51, the CIA effectively recruited right. to sign. Right. That's what he, and this is an email he sent to, 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 to the committee. Now, I think it's also important is they called him. So he didn't call up, say, hey, have you approved the book I got pending in front of you, the book I want to write? They called him, and when they called him to say, hey, your book's been approved, by the way, would you be interested in signing this letter that's been put together, and they read the letter to him? And in some ways, you could say, I don't know if this is the case, but it's sort of interesting. Is there a quid pro quo going on here? Like, we approved your book, no classified concerns there. Would you be willing to sign this letter? And of course, he and his wife did sign it. They were part of the 51 people who, who were on the letter. And the other thing about this letter I think is so important. It wasn't just Mike Morrell, Leon Panetta, David Carrion's the guy we're talking about here. It wasn't just their name. It was also their title. And it was presented in that debate, if you remember, Joe Biden presented it as if this was organic. Yep. It just sprang out, just out of the goodness of their heart. They put this together. Now, that now, wasn't the now, case. Now, remind our, our listeners and our viewers, who, who was Mike Morrell? Mike Morrell was forming acting director of the CIA. I think the reason he was so gung-ho on putting this together is, one, he gets a call from Tony Blinken. So let's do the timeline. October 14th, 2020, the New York Post comes out with a story about the Biden laptop. Three days later on the 17th. And that's a couple of weeks before the election. So it's, sure it's big news. Big news. They come out with a story. Of course, it's being talked about. President Trump is going gonna to talk about it. On the 17th, Tony Blinken, 
then working for the Biden campaign, now, of course, Secretary of State, Tony Blinken contacts Mike Morrell and says, hey, what do you think about this Biden laptop story? Is it Russian information operations? Is it Russian misinformation, disinformation? He gets him thinking about it. Morrell digs into it, I think largely because Mike Morrell was hoping to be the CIA director yeah. in a Biden administration. He digs into it, and Tony Blinken sends him a, 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 news, uh, a copy from uh, an article from USA Today later that same day. Next two days... Mike Morrell puts it all together, gets 50 people, 50 other people to sign it, 51 total, and they do the letter. And then, of course, the letter goes public on the 19th after it's approved by the board early that morning, goes on the 19th, and Joe Biden, of course, uses it during the campaign. You mentioned quid pro quo, and there's a lot of people that had incentive to make sure that Joe Biden became president. Anthony Blinken obviously got the biggest job of his career. When you look at this letter now, knowing how people were jockeying for position, how much do you think that played into their decision-making and how much corruption is, is that? And before you answer that, I want to tell you about our friends Augusta Precious Metals. You can protect your retirement uh, in this crazy economy by diversification. And one way you can do that is by protecting your hard-earned dollars through gold and silver. That's exactly what Augusta Precious Metals does with your IRA or your 401k. If you have saved $100,000 or more, Augusta Precious Metals wants to talk to you about how you can protect your hard-earned assets. Especially if you're in retirement or close to retirement, there is no time to make up losses. And that is where gold and a gold IRA can help protect your dollars. So call them. In fact, you'll also get a free gold coin when you open up a new account with Augusta. 877 4, the number 4 Gold IRA. That's 877 the number 4 Gold IRA. Or visit them at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Congressman, I, I understand people when, when campaigns happen, everybody's looking at an angle. Yeah. This was on a whole nother level. It's like, hey, you helped me get to be president, you get this letter. Hey, you've become Secretary of State. Hey, you sign your name to this letter. You might be at the CIA director because of this. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, we don't know if there's any quid pro quo. But we just know that I think Mike Morrell was interested in that. He said yeah. as much. Uh, obviously, Tony Blinken was interested in Secretary of State. And he's working on the Biden campaign. We know how campaigns work. And everyone has a First Amendment right to weigh in on a on a, on a a campaign and in politics and speak your mind and, and, and say what you believe. But this was done with the, the, the added weight of that the title associated with their name, it was presented to the country, to we the people, as if it was an organic thing that just happened when we know it was done at the prompting of Blinken calling Mike Morrell and Mike Morrell ran with it. We even know that the Biden campaign was telling Mike Morrell, here is the journalist, here's the newspaper, here's the outlet, the media outlet, we want you to first take this letter too. So they were getting that kind of coordination with the Biden campaign um, so all that factored into this. And then of course it's, it's part of this, this, this bigger thing where we see the Biden's involved in, in so many things that cause concerns. Um, well, I think and, that and was Jim, the big issue. Jim, one of the things I think to emphasize on this, you're <clears throat> right that everyone has a first amendment right. And if you had 51 former intelligence officials that wanted to say, Hey, we really like Joe Biden. We think he'd make a great president. That'd be fine. That's it's part American. of politics. That's right. But that wasn't this letter. This letter was a lie. You're right. This letter was a lie. <laughs> to cover up smoking gun evidence of corruption because Hunter Biden, who, I mean, the poor guy's a screw-up, 
but he leaves his laptop. I, I actually kind of feel for Joe Biden in a sense. He's like looking at his son going, are you frigging kidding me? Like you just abandoned your laptop at a repair shop yeah. with all the evidence of the crap we're doing. And I they mean, kept calling you to come get it. Yeah. And you still didn't answer. I mean, look, this is not the Sopranos. This yeah. is like the Three Stooges yeah. engaged, engaged in crime. So they're sitting there with a real crisis three weeks out. And so they engage in a lie. And this letter, you know, one of the people who helped edit it was, was James Clapper, who was the director of national uh, intelligence under Obama, who made an editorial suggestion. Yep, he sure did. And he said, quote, I have one editorial suggestion for the letter. I think it would strengthen the verbiage. If you say this has all of the classic earmarks of a Soviet Russian information operation, rather than the, quote, feel yeah. of a Russian obser yep. uh, observation, operation, rather. So it's just initially it was just a feel, but then no, 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 earmarks. And here's the amazing thing. The federal government knew this was a lie. And in fact, the Department of Justice had taken physical possession of the laptop almost a year earlier, almost December 9th, 2019. December 2019. Yeah, they had it. They had it. And in addition to doing this, they were they were what, what we, we've talked about before, pre-bunking the whole the the whole leak that was going to that they assumed was going to happen so they had been leading up to this this October time frame they had been telling uh Elvis Chan with the FBI had been telling the big tech companies hey be on the lookout for a hack and leak operation like we said it's going to happen so they've been this is all part of the all part of this kind of choreographed deal that they put together and and I think Senator your point is is so what they said in the letter wasn't accurate it wasn't a Russian information operation. We and now know it. that. Yeah. And even all the major presses in, indicated now that, oh, yeah, you know what? It was actually legit. The emails were legit. What was on the laptop? Visit, all legit. So well, and to be that's fair, the big thing. Some may have known it. Some may not have. Right. Like this guy who the CIA suggested, hey, you want to sign this letter? He's like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, I hate the guy. Great. Yeah. Like some of them may just have been half-assed and willing to be political hacks. Every person who put their name on this should be embarrassed, but others deliberately knew. deliberately lied. And and by the way, interestingly enough, Mike Morell testified. You know, he was asked about, well, what do you think about a CIA official soliciting people to sign this? And he says, it's inappropriate for a currently serving staff officer or contractor to be involved in the political process. Yeah. Well, no kidding. No. I was just say, what is the rule? I mean, is it is that, should the American people expect more from? a human being working at the CIA than to be working basically on behalf of a political campaign. Of course. And is there any repercussions for this individual now that we know what happened? Well, uh, of course, it, it's as inappropriate. And as, as the senator said, when we actually had Mike Morell in for his interview, he, he said that this is entirely inappropriate. I think he even said, I have to go back and look at the transcript and look at our report, but I think he even said that might have changed my whole decision whether this letter ever happened or not because it's so wrong for someone to be trying to... to shop and recruit people to sign on to something uh, like this. The other fact that th that's in our report is we asked this of Mr. Morell because on the 19th, October 19th, 2020, when the letter comes out in that afternoon, earlier that morning, John Ratcliffe, director of uh, national intelligence in the Trump administration, is doing an interview and he's asked about it. And he says on the, uh, on the interview, he says, it wasn't Russian disinformation. He's clear about it. I asked Mr. Morell, I said, you know the day you put this out, earlier that morning, the head of ODNI, uh, Mr. Ratcliffe said, wasn't Russian misinformation operation, disinformation at all. And I said, you know, what, what do you have to say? And he, he basically said, we thought he was wrong. 
which to me is amazing. Like so, with the, no evidence. Yeah, we, we just we thought it had to be because it because we'd seen it before. You know, had all the you know the, the markings, yeah, you know, all the, the earmarks, earmarks. Class, yeah, classic all the earmarks. earmarks. Yeah. They actually believed it, I think, in many ways. But it's funny that the arrogance that you know the guy in the government getting the information in real time, assessing the intelligence that they're gathering, says one thing. But the guys on the outside, so much smarter than you know, think they're so much better. They reach a completely different conclusion and write the letter. It's like, go figure. But that's that's I think it's kind of kind of shows the, the the you know how they view Republicans or the Trump administration. Well, but you know who didn't believe it? Number one, Hunter Biden didn't believe it. He knew damn well it was yeah, his laptop. Sure did. But number two, you know who didn't believe it? Joe Biden. And look, they're one of two scenarios. Either Joe Biden knew for a fact this was his son's laptop. Mm-hmm. Because, look, in any sane world, this story breaks your son's laptop with all this evidence. The first call you make is to your son going, what the hell's going on? Tell me you're not so damn stupid as to leave the evidence. So in a normal world, that would be Joe's first call. Or alternatively, if he didn't make that call, it means he didn't want to know. Yeah. Then it means, oh, no, no, I don't want it to be true. Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. But look, this letter manifested directly in the debate. And in fact, here. I think it saved his campaign. It it, it did. Watch again Joe Biden happily repeating the lie to the American people. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they, had, they were walking out to the press conference and said, no, nah, I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. That's a moment that I think everybody's going to remember where the Biden crime family, to me, basically was created as an American issue in this campaign and his presidency moving forward. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion when a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life and by six weeks the eyes are forming by 10 weeks a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb and for just 28 dollars you could be the difference between life or death of a child all gifts are tax deductible and i want you to donate All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. 
That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I want to go back in time and ask you, you saw that debate. Mm -hmm. You saw him lie, but you were watching as a spectator in a sense. When did this hit your desk from an investigative standpoint? And when did you realize there was something here with the Biden crime family? Before you answer that, I want to tell you about our friends at Chalk. If you're a guy and you feel like you're losing your edge, you feel like you're losing that strength and vitality, then you need to check out Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. They are here to help real men just like you get back your testosterone levels. They can help your testosterone levels go up by 20% over 90 days. The Chalk Male Vitality Stack, you can check it out right now and you can use the promo code BEN. You'll get 35% off any Chalk subscription for life. Go online, chalk, C-H-O-Q dot com. You'll use the promo code Ben, 35% off. I've been using chalk now for several months. It works. Check out the chalk mail fidelity stack at chalk, C-H-O-Q dot com. Congressman, you watch this, you see it unravel. Yeah. But then it changed from your perspective when it was like, there's something really here that needs to be looked at and people are lying. Yeah, and and how, how it fits in with the what, what what we've called the weaponization of government and how government has been turned on the on the American people, particularly this this censorship issue, as uh, Mr. Taibbi and Mr. Schellenberger called it, censor uh, the, the the censorship industrial complex, big government in cahoots with big tech, big media to keep information from we the people, and in the context of a presidential election. So if you go back and read, we've we've kind of touched on it, but you read Schellenberger's Twitter files, I believe it's number seven where he walks us through this whole uh, Hunter Biden laptop and them prepping big tech that, oh, there may be this hack and leak in October. It'll involve Hunter Biden and prepping this, getting him ready for what was coming. And then how I viewed the the letter from the 51 Intel officials was that was the last straw. That was what sealed the deal because big tech was already sort of prepped for it. The story breaks on October 14th. They start to suppress it, limit who we can share it with, who we can like it, who we can send it to. That's all happening. And then here comes the letter. 51 former intel officials, former directors of the CIA, acting directors of the CIA, head of ODNI. They're all signing this. Republicans, Democrats, they're all signing this. 
It's all garbage, but they're all signing it. That was the final straw. And that's what kept the story suppressed and I think impacted the presidential election. Well, and Jim, let me, let me play devil's advocate. Why did it matter that the story was suppressed? What What's so damning on the laptop that they had to go to these extraordinary measures to keep it out of the public eye right before the election? Well, remember, we had an eyewitness. We had Mr. Bobolinsky come forward and say, the emails are legit. The big guy is, in fact, the big guy. I mean, remember, the, so you had an eyewitness. You had real emails, and the press was trying to say, no, 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 this is a hack and leak. They focused on on something that wasn't true to take take it off of the the actual evidence we had. And the the, the eyewitness was a business partner of these guys, and was he was and not just say, a little business partner. Yeah, he was in part. Tell part people of, he, a little he, bit about Tony Bobulinski, how involved he was with the Biden family. He met with Joe Biden, right? Remember, he testified that, or he didn't testify this, but he said this when uh, I believe it was a Tucker Carlson interview, if I remember correctly. He talked about that. He was a business partner helping to form this fund, and um, and he said, those emails are legit. 10% for the big guy was legit. And, of course, everyone like, no, no, you can't talk about that. The the, the letter from and the Bobolinsky's 51. And signature's on the documents. Yeah, the, the letter from the 51 was that final straw that they were, the press, big tech, were all like muddying this up, and the Biden campaign, of course, um, and then, th- then that letter comes in, and it's like fifty-one. I, I remember Joe Biden didn't hold it up, but in essence, yeah, was he, basically holding it up. Yep, he, he was like saying fifty as if as if they did it on their own, but they were coordinated this whole thing. And you know, the ten percent for the big guy. We, we've talked a lot on on verdict about how the Biden DOJ desperately wants to to hang Hunter out to dry, but make everything personal. Make it about a drug use or make it about tax crimes tax that, that are unique to him. What they want to do, I believe, is insulate the big guy. And the laptop is a huge problem for that because it connects Joe Biden, then the sitting vice president, into the sale of influence that, 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 that Hunter was in the business of selling influence to the Chinese Communist Party. And, and what's amazing is, is more and more evidence is coming out that this is not just selling influence. It, it's actually, I guess in a way, it ought to be encouraging that buying a vice president isn't cheap. It, 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 it's apparently millions well, of dollars. And billions of loans. Well, we, we do know that there are 170 plus suspicious activity reports. And I always tell folks, you know, that the word is suspicious for a reason. Our Treasury Department identifies these transactions, these banking transactions, as suspicious. And so there's 170 of them. Mr. Comer and, and the Oversight Committee in the House has reviewed thousands of pages of bank records. And there we now know that there's over 20 LLCs that the Biden family formed receiving millions of dollars from foreign entities. That money is being paid out to multiple members of the Biden family. Joe, Hunter, uh, not Joe, but Joe's brother, Joe's son, Hunter, uh, sister-in-law, um, daughter-in-law, I believe, all receive money based on what we've seen in the suspicious activity so reports. I think and the, the current account arrears. is up to twelve members. Of the <laughs> maybe Biden as family. maybe as high as twelve. I think is I think nine is is what the chairman has said. And of course, the fundamental question is, what did they do to warrant the money? What service did they provide? What and, expertise and, and, and did they give? Where, what did they do to get the to get the funds? Let, let's stop. How weird this is. So, so both you and I have been in Congress for a number of years. Do you know anyone else who's making millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party? Do you know anyone else whose entire family is on the payroll? I mean, this is weird. It, it, it sure seems strange. And then again, when you th- were they managing a fund? Were they 
Were they creating a business? Were they investing Did they even the money? speak the language of well, the people I, they were doing business with? That's what you can't figure out. You're <laughs> like, it just, it just seems, it just seems strange. Um, and then now Senator Grassley, you know, there's a whistleblower come to Senator Grassley. We'll see what that brings. But the whistleblower is alleging some pretty serious stuff as well. So, so tell us about what the whistleblower is alleging. Well, my understanding is the whistleblower went to Senator Grassley. Senator Grassley and, and Chairman Comer sent a letter to the FBI saying a whistleblower has alleged that there's a document that is from a, a, a paid informant. Um, the FBI has had some foreign national paid informant. <laughs> who gave information to someone in the FBI that this whistleblower, different individual, so you got some levels of hearsay, I get it, but this whistleblower has actually, I guess, believes there is this document conveying that um, that the Biden family was doing certain policy, pushing certain policies and uh, getting getting paid to do that. So I don't know if it's true, but the whistleblower has come forward and, and believes it is, and we'll just have to wait and see. They, they wrote the FBI. The FBI is due to give an answer. Uh, today and we'll we'll see what what comes back from the FBI. I, I want to ask you about you know we we now have real questions about what was going on at the CIA. Clearly from this breaking news that you that you brought to us. But the second part of this is there's a lot of Americans that have zero faith in the FBI now, and the reason why is they had the laptop we know for a very long time before this story even broke. Tony Bobolinsky it took him going public to finally get a meeting with them. He gets a meeting with a guy at the FBI, tells him everything. No one ever follows up with him. When you start investing this, investigating this, how worried were you that the FBI didn't do their job in investigating this? Instead, actually, we were told, try to label it as, label it as disinformation so no one could even see the intel they had at the FBI. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very concerned about a number of federal agencies. But I will tell you, relative to the Justice Department and the FBI, we have had a well, I think upwards of 20, 22 dozen whistleblowers have come come talk to us. We've interviewed six, and we're going to have some of them testify. And they talk about a number of things, but largely it's the double standard, one set of rules for the politically connected, a different set if you're conservative. They talk about the pressure to categorize cases as as, as domestic violent extremism cases and how they, they dealt with the January 6th issue. So we we I think it could be as early as next week, but we're looking to have – Several of those that we've that we've had interviews with those those whistleblowers from the FBI testify and tell their story, and they're gonna they're gonna talk about some of the things you raised, Ben. Um, I think that that could be a good hearing. Now that the Democrats are gonna go after them. They've tried to leak information. They've had to re- pull back on some of the information they gave to the press. Some of these presses have had to um, correct their stories because Democrats gave them false. But we think these whistleblowers have been retaliated against because they were willing to come for many of them lost their security clearance, which as you know is the first thing that. First thing they do to you, if, if they're if retaliated, they take your security clearance. We think, um, but we think they're going to be good witnesses when we have them come in next week. Well, and let's let's do a deeper dive on on that topic in in part two, <coughs> which, which will be coming out on Friday. Explain to me what you're focused on versus what Chairman Comer's focused on, and how you two are working together because you're both driving different aspects of this investigation. Yeah, he is he is focused on the the, the Biden family, you know, business operation. Um, the suspicious activity reports that is totally chairman comer and the oversight committee what we're doing in in the judiciary committee is looking at this attack on the first amendment uh the twitter files the censorship industrial complex that that mr taibbi mr schellenberger and then a host of other agencies that we think have been turned on the american people you and i are working on the ftc we know what the ftc did to twitter yep 13 letters must buys twitter 13 letters harassing them First letter after the first Twitter file comes out, 
first question in that letter is, who are the journalists you're talking to? They name four personally. Two of them, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, just happened to be testifying the day after we learned that that's what was going on at Twitter. And Taibbi gets uh, raided by the IRS the, the day of his testimony. The, the, the day they're testifying. In the committee, Democrats are asking them, who are your sources? Someone needs to give the Democrats a, a, a lesson on, a lecture on, you know, how the First Amendment works in this great country. While they're asking them those kind of questions, trying to get them to divulge their sources, as you point out, Senator, the, the IRS was knocking on Matt Taibbi's door in his home in New Jersey. Now, have you ever seen that before? Have Never. you ever seen the IRS <laughs> go after a witness simultaneously with their testifying about wrongdoing from the federal government? Never seen it. And everyone, it's funny. I'm sure the same things happen to you. Anyone I tell that story to, no one thinks it's chance. No one thinks it's a coincidence. Everybody says that's intimidation. So, that's so let what me they ask were doing. You, are, are these guys <coughs> dumb or are they that arrogant? Like, it actually would have been easy to wait a week and then rate him. But, like, to do it the day he's testifying, it shows you don't care. You, yeah. you don't care if you're caught. You're not it's trying what to you hide were it. Se- Expecting Russia or China. Yeah, it's, it, it, it seems like it's just. We can. We're doing it because we can. That's what it seems like. Now, I guess there's a chance. It's 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 chance. It's you know. It's just coincidence. But it sure doesn't seem that way. And it seems to me like we're doing it because we can, which is particularly frightening. Yeah. When you think about the power of the federal government, the power of that agency. I mean, everyone fears the IRS. The IRS. You think what they can do? Like, and now they got eighty-seven thousand more agents that we're trying to get rid of. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big concern. As we wrap up part one, I do want to ask you one question, and it goes back to the big lie where I think all this started. Joe Biden has said over and over again, and Senator and I have talked about this a lot on Verdict. He says, I never talked to my son about any of his business dealings. And that was kind of the principle of the campaign into the presidency, into the White House. And it was, I don't have to talk about this because we never talked about it. Have you seen from your investigation anything that you could say, I can tell you, you had to talk to your son about this based on the evidence that we've seen. Before you answer that, I want to tell you about our friends at Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is the only conservative cell phone company in the U.S., and they are a company that is phenomenal because when you pay your bill every month, you're actually giving back to defend the causes that you want to stand for. Talking about the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, rights of unborn children in this country, protecting parent rights at school board meetings. This is what Patriot Mobile does. Now, you can have a cell phone with big tech, that's fine, but most of them are working against what we believe in. Now you have an alternative. Put your money where your values are and stand with other conservatives with the same coverage you have right now. You can keep your same cell phone number. You can even upgrade to a new cell phone or keep the one you have in your hand. You don't have to worry about losing coverage. In fact, they have guarantees for that. So if you're worried about switching, call them. 878-PATRIOT. I use them. They're amazing. 878-PATRIOT or online at patriotmobile.com slash verdict. You'll get free activation, other great deals. 878-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash verdict. Congressman, I, I, I go back to him saying that. I never talked to my son. Never talked about his business dealings. Well, he flew a lot on Air Force Two with him. Yeah, I think he did a lot of deals with him. I think there's there are some concerns there. I think also that the the president said uh, that um, his son had no business dealings with China. I think I think I think that's not accurate. I think that's the case. This company CEFC. So I do think the the president said made that statement. That does not look like it's accurate. 
in my estimation, uh, and I think Chairman Comer would 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 say that as well. Um, and I think Chairman Comer is going to actually talk about that at the press conference later today. So, um, yeah, they said one thing, and it turned. It looks to me like it's not not exactly uh, not exactly accurate. Part two of this going to come out on Friday, so make sure that you download Verdict. Make sure you take this episode, share it wherever you are on social media. Uh, as this is going to, we, we hope this is a, a blueprint for you, a guide, a cliff notes of how we got to where we are now. So please share it with your family and friends. And Friday, part two will come out Friday morning. So make sure you join us then on Verdict as well. And we'll see you back here in a couple of days. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. Ben Ferguson here. And if you're an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be a part of your investment portfolio. And I want you to visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investments to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit Labrador Energy. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more now at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information.